Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. Investors are increasingly using their money to make a difference, particularly on issues relating to the environment. But now a new fund has launched that aims to improve gender equality right around the world while still delivering returns for investors. The GII Global Gender Equality Fund is the first of its kind in the world and already has investor commitments of around $300 million. GII stands for Global Impact Initiative, and the CEO is Giles Gunasakra. Giles, welcome to Fearing Greed. Thanks very much for having me, Sean. So tell me about the fund. What's it trying to do and who's it trying to invest in? Yeah, so the fund is the world's first actively managed impact fund for women and girls. There's a number of actively managed funds out there for impact funds for women, uh, but this is the first that takes into account both women and girls. And and how it does it, Sean, is firstly, what we do is we screen out alcohol, gaming, tobacco, weapons, fossil fuels and adult entertainment, plus controversial medicines and a few other areas. Uh, What we then do is we apply a gender lens to the portfolio, and that is looking at companies that have a high percentage of women on the board, women in senior management, companies with family-friendly policies, companies that are working towards pay parity, whole range of quantitative and qualitative characteristics. And and what comes out is a globally diversified portfolio and diversified by sector, diversified by geography, and it's global and has a gender lens that is overlaid on top of the portfolio. Okay, a couple of things I want to jump in there. Is the theory behind it that if you actually enable women and girls as well as men in a company, you're going to get a better result because sort of more heads trying to work out which way a company should go is a better thing. So, you know, sort of opening it up to everyone in society. Like I'm just trying to think the philosophical underpinning in terms of the investment philosophy as opposed to it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's two very clear and distinct responses to that question. So firstly, from a philosophical perspective, there is 50% of the population that don't get the same opportunities as the other 50%, and that's obviously women. Um, So philosophically, we have structured the fund to try to bridge that gap. But secondly, the research is overwhelming that the greater diversity you bring into the boardroom, into the workplace, into any organisation, and particularly if that diversity is by gender, the better decisions that are made. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that you mentioned, a number of sectors that you screen out to begin with. Some of those I understand on ESG grounds, which probably this mm-hmm. is part of, so maybe I'm answering my own question. But why is gaming, for example, screened out? I understand some medicines and those things, but not gaming necessarily. Yeah, so gaming, um, you know, the underlying premise of gaming is to win from a company's perspective. Yep. So, you know, yes, uh, you know, a number of the games are based on chance, but ultimately the house wins. Yep. And we've seen, you know, from a social perspective that, you know, gaming does prey on the low to middle socioeconomic group. So okay, you've, yep, got, yep. you've got companies that are basically set up to win and they are preying on people that can't afford it. So that's one of the reasons why gaming is, is screened out from the portfolio. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, the Global Impact Initiative, it's more than just screening for women and girls, though that's sort of its central focus. It's also an yep. ESG-style fund. Yeah, look, Global Impact Initiative as a business, Sean, has five main pillars that we work under. So that's gender equality, Indigenous communities, health, 
affordable housing and climate. Yep. Uh, so gender equality, although it's a standalone pillar, it actually permeates across everything that we do. Yes, so okay. we have two very distinct parts to our business. One is setting up funds like the Global Impact Initiative Gender Equality Fund. And then we we're also brought in to help set up funds on behalf of fund managers or not-for-profits or social enterprises where they will bring us in to help set up a fund and to help them set up the fund, measure the social impact, measure it to the UN Sustainable Development Goals and, and maintain an ongoing involvement in that. So, yeah, we, we have those two very distinct roles, but it's all united really by that one premise, which is how do we mainstream impact investing and how do we do it at scale? Okay, so I understand what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Will it make a difference to gender equality in the medium term, do you think, these sorts of funds? Well, we believe so. I mean, the great thing about our business model, Sean, is that it's heavily researched. So as an example, this gender equality fund, you know, we did the research and, and something I should have mentioned earlier in, in my response was not only is it the right thing to do, you know, does it make sense? But there's studies that have shown that adding more women onto boards, adding more women into decision-making positions actually improves the share price of a company. So it actually financially makes sense as well as socially and philosophically. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, this will make a difference. The product is also deliberately set up to scale. So the bigger it gets the more impact that you're having on women in the workforce, the more the, you know, the greater positive impact you're having on, on women in the workforce in terms of more women on boards, more women in senior management, more companies that are helping more women re-enter or enter the workforce. But then also the second component, and this is the real differentiation point, is that as an investor, you can go into an option where you sacrifice your income. So we're investing in a, in a globally diversified portfolio of listed companies who pay dividends. Those dividends, uh, as an investor, you can choose to sacrifice those dividends. And those dividends go to five girls charities specifically to help achieve uh, social impact for girls. Okay. Stay with me, Giles. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Giles Gunasekra, CEO of Global Impact Initiative. So you've answered the question, I mean, is there any compromise on returns? No, in fact, there's a compromise if you don't do it, because you're saying studies suggest that returns from more diverse organisations do better. So that means your fund must do reasonably well. I mean, it's sort of above Mm -hmm. benchmark. Is that right? Yeah, look, the portfolio manager that we've chosen to manage the portfolio and that we've worked with is Rubico, um, a very large Dutch fund manager. And they've implemented the women's portfolio, you know, their women's portfolio for the last five years. And they've had outperformance and steady growth in funds under management over those five years. But more importantly, outperformance, you know, overall time periods versus the MSCI World Index. So it works, uh, it performs. You know, what we've done here at Global Impact Initiative is that we've put into the product or we've built a product that enables you to create social impact for girls by sacrificing your income uh, in the portfolio that goes to those girls' charities. Now, if you don't want to do that, we've also created a a unit class where it looks more like a traditional uh, managed fund in that you get the capital and the income, but the social impact that you're creating there is only for women. We are hopeful and certainly the initial analysis shows us that many more investors are much more interested in in what we call our class B unit, which is women and girls. Um, And that's where you're able to donate to five girls charities and create social impact for girls. 
Giles, I'm going to sound really ignorant here, so I'm sort of hesitating even asking the question. Women and girls, I understand gender, but the fact that girls are included, so presumably that's the cohort under the age of 18 or 16 or however that is mm-hmm. defined, mm-hmm. is this a modern slavery issue? Is it Why do girls need to be part of this as opposed to women in general? Yeah, a really good question, Sean. So we, in, in the process of setting this fund up, we, as I mentioned, did a lot of research across the gender equality space. And we found that the four areas that girls need uh, to progress from girls to women, are better health, better education, better nutrition, and social and economic empowerment. So if you are able to provide a girl, and this is regardless of whether they're in emerging markets or developed markets, you're able to provide a girl better opportunities in one or several of those areas that will help them yeah, basically, yeah, move forward. Yep. So yep. then based on that research, we then did a global search for, well, who are the five you know, not-for-profit partners, charities, social enterprises out there that are world leaders in this space? And after a global search, we selected the Malala Fund, Grameen, UNICEF, UN Women and World Vision. And each of those partners have expertise in one or several of those areas. And, and importantly, Sean, what we're doing is we are taking the income from the portfolio and then on an annual basis, we will distribute it to those charities. So this is not a donation to these charities and, and off you go, do your best. Yeah. The difference here is that we are sitting down with the charities. So as an example, the Malala Fund, we would sit down with the Malala Fund on an annual basis and say, Malala Fund, you know, here's half a million dollars how are you going to spend it? Well, let's look at how you're going to spend it. So firstly, how many girls are going to be educated? What countries are they going to be in? Uh, What year levels are we targeting, et cetera, et cetera. So as I said, it's not a donation that we just say, off you go, do your best. We work with them and then we help, you know, measure the impact of that uh, donation on girls. Okay, you mentioned Grameen. Now, the fund has the support of Professor Muhammad Yunus, Mm -hmm. who was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for founding the Grameen Bank and pioneering the concepts of microfinance. So how much of what he's done, providing finance to the poorest of the poor with a focus on women, is reflected in this fund? Oh, look, uh, Professor Yunus's book, Banker to the Poor, was a very important book to me personally. It really captured the power of capital markets and, importantly, using the concepts of capital markets and and capitalism to really drive forward better outcomes for communities. So without a doubt, the teachings and the learnings from Professor Yunus have been embedded into the fund. Uh, And the great thing about Grameen's work is that it applies in developed markets as well as emerging markets. I mean, uh, you know, Grameen's microfinance loan book has a 99.5% repayment rate, and that doesn't change Uh, It actually improves when you look at developed markets. So their US operation has a 99.7% repayment rate, which is better than any other bank. Uh, So the ability to lend women money and know that that money, uh, and importantly, the profits, the returns on that money is then spent on the family and not on the individual is really, really important. Uh, And so we've embedded that concept into the fund. Okay, Giles, you sit on two United Nations advisory boards on sustainable finance and on climate and health. Where is Australia on the spectrum in thinking about these sorts of things, impact investing? Obviously, we talk a lot about the environment 
and increasingly governance. And modern slavery has got a good run in the last 12 months as well. Mm -hmm. This is another aspect of it. Do we think enough about it? Where does Australia sit? We are definitely thinking about it. We're not acting enough at the moment. It's no secret that our, our federal government's policy, particularly on climate, was exposed to be a particularly poor or non-existent one at the recent COP. Uh, but interestingly, where we're seeing most of the movement is in the corporate sector. So the UN advisory boards that I sit on, I'm sitting on with a lot of corporates uh, from around the world, including Australian companies. And the corporate sector is moving and they're moving because firstly, employees are demanding it, but secondly, their customers are demanding it. So, you know, their customers are demanding that they're being more sustainable, that they're looking at recycling, that they're adding solar. Um, and then if you just thinking about the climate space, I mean, Australia is a world leader in climate related technologies. And if you look at the individual states, the individual states are doing a fantastic job in terms of their adoption of climate-related investments, be it solar, battery, wind, wave, mm -hmm. climate technology. So there's a, there's a real mismatch at the moment between perception and reality. But where we really believe it's going to be a game changer is on the investment side. You know, when super funds, you know, which account for $2 trillion worth of capital, when they start moving their money into more ESG and impact-related um, investments and, and do it in a meaningful way, we're going to see a real game change. Charles, it is a great initiative. Thank you very much for talking to Fear and Greed this morning. Thanks, John. Really appreciate your time. That was Giles Gunasekra, CEO of GII. That's Global Impact Initiative. Look it up. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join me every morning for the full Fear and Greed podcast with all the business news you need to know. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.